When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. Matt, I have to say, it's, you know, we're in 2021 and I think that nutrition, fitness, you know, Jedi training, staying in shape, all that kind of stuff is important. I want to know how your Nerf steak intake has been here recently. Are you increasing the Nerf steak or what's going on, man? Because it's uh, game city, baby. I, I have I have been increasing the Nerf steak. Let me tell you something. It is really hard in a roughly 2,000 to 22,000 or 2,200, excuse me, mm-hmm. calorie diet to get 170 grams of protein, which is yeah. what I'm trying. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, that's my, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, you guys, I described where we're at right now. It's like we're in the off season a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. Super Bowl's, o- super, you know, Super Bowl's over, playoffs are over, which is <laughs> yeah. Mandalorian. And now we're in the off season. So it's right, like, okay. Right. You know, as and I, we we sit. You know, you guys know we do this. We do. We run a couple of run a couple of uh, ships. It's a fleet here. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's like okay. Well, you got to you got to tinker on this one a little bit. You know, there's not there's not a lot going on in Star Wars right now. There's some High Republic stuff. The new comics did come out. I haven't yeah. touched those just yet, but I but I will. And we'll probably do. We did a full Patreon um, breakdown of the last the last one. Um, so we'll probably do something like that again with uh, this month's. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of laying low to a bad batch. Really, the only news um, Star Wars that Star Wars video game that's coming to Switch Outlaws. It's gonna be yeah. cool. We don't, that's we know literally nothing about it except that it's called Star Wars Outlaws. That's it. Do, do you know that that's all it took though for me? I just told you before we started the show. What did I buy this weekend? A Switch. A Switch. And, and, and like people are like, well, why? Well, it's been out for it's been out for a long time. Well, I. I Potentially a Star Wars game is coming out for it, so I am like down. I mean, this is cool. I think it's a I think Switch. It's, I think it, I believe it's a Switch exclusive because they didn't show it anywhere else. Right. Um, it was announced cool. in the yeah in the in the last Nintendo Direct. Star Wars Republic Commando, which I have been beating the table. I've been standing on the table and telling everyone to play, is also getting ported. Um, they've been doing this in the past year or so. 
they've started bringing a lot of these um, older LucasArts games and porting them to like PS4 and Switch and stuff like that. We've seen Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, Episode One Racer, um, and now uh, Republic Commando. So it's actually been cool. I will say that actually Disney really behind the scenes has been doing some pretty cool stuff with older Star Wars video games. Uh, like a couple years ago, they like turned back on the online servers for the old school original Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's crazy. And I think the best thing that I think the best thing that they're going to do is strip EA of its um, of its sort of exclusive ex- ex- exclusive rights to publish all these Star Wars games because you know there's just I, I there's better developers out there. I mean, Electronic Arts has been rated as the worst company yeah, yeah. in the United States. They were rated the worst That's pretty bad. company in the United States two years in a row. Not the worst video game company. Uh-huh. The worst company. And anybody who's like a really big sort of video game fan will tell you, EA sucks. They just do. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. They own a bunch of great franchises, but they're awful. I mean, Madden, mm-hmm. like Madden has just gone, it just gets worse and worse every year. Uh FIFA, they literally copy and pasted the yeah. game. And like you can go look up at YouTube videos where there's assets. Uh, if you do like a um you can like look around like the practice arena and stuff like that, and you'll literally like if you zoom in, you'll see like FIFA 19. And it's like FIFA 21. I mean, what Come are we doing, on. man? I mean <laughs> so on. much so that yeah. IGN um IGN took their FIFA for FIFA 20 they took their FIFA 19 review and literally just copy and pasted it and they said we are just because they did this we're just copying paste and they gave it like a 0.4 it was like I mean it's like it's bad so that's bad it's great um I'm excited you know we got that announcement that Ubisoft is going to be handling some sort of Star Wars game uh we, we right. know it's going to be some sort of open world I actually would not be surprised if it's not Jedi Fallen Order 2, to be entirely honest. I could really? totally see them. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order, again, it's not like EA, you know, to be fair, it's not like they do nothing but make terrible games. But they're handling over Battlefront 2. Um, they turned they made Battlefront 2, I believe, not free to play, or they did for a weekend or something. Um, and, there's, and, like, people were playing it like crazy. And then they were kind of like... You know, there's you can go on Reddit and there's like posts from the, some of the developers that work for these games, and we're like, yeah, we, you know, we kind of wish we'd done more. And so, mm-hmm. EA's EA sort of exclusivity with the Star Wars franchise has not been great. There's been a few good parts, but um, yeah, overall, overall, it's not it's not been great. And so I say, let's open it up and yeah. hand it off to developers that are better at certain types of games. Um, yeah. Ubisoft makes all the Assassin's Creed games. I mean, and the the Watch Dogs games and stuff like that. I mean, like their forte is op- single player open world action adventure. Yeah. Okay, let's give it to them. Let's, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, I think that's good. I think we need. I do think we need that. I think it's important to get the best of the best in the type of game that you're going for. This is Star Wars. You know, I mean, they spend a lot of money on this, and you want to grow this and make this something. You know big and interconnected i i think it's awesome and right now unfortunately a lot of our favorite star wars games are older games you know what i mean there, there are things that we're hoping 
you know, we, we're still trying to make sure servers are fired up and we're, you know, playing some of those things. It's wild. That's wild that we're thinking that when we have other, I don't know, like squadrons, you know, was, was, I, I don't know. I, it's not one that I'm out there. It, it's, it's, it's different. It's slightly different. It's a small, they didn't, they didn't run it as a big, you know, huge game, but it's, it's different. It's just a little fighter game that you, that you run different activities on and, and it's, and it's cool. It's good enough, but I do think we want something like, gosh, I, I wish we had so like something new and updated where it was surrounding kind of the old, like the old Republic stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. that game was so beloved and I just, I know I've watched all the cutscenes, and I wish I would have played it, but, um, I mean, I tried you and I tried to get it up and running and you eventually figured it out, but I, I could not. So right. I don't know. I just, I, yeah, it's, I'm excited e for it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the games, well, uh, this has actually been something that's been good, is a lot of the Star Wars games have been switching over from EA Origin, which is awful. Um, it is by far, I think, the worst of the sort of online, like when you go to play games, um, you know, there's like Steam and there's uh, Epic Games and stuff like that. There's all these different kind of things you use, um, but by far the best is Steam. Steam is by far, it's like, it should just be the industry standard standard uh, yeah. for in terms of PC gaming. It's so much better than <laughs> than than anything else. Um, and EA or EA Origin is just awful. And I hate having yeah. to make like another account just to do this and stuff like that. And so, right. but a lot of these games have been getting released as well on on Steam. So I do feel like uh, things have been doing pretty good um, in terms of of that. I want to look up really quick here. Who is making this game? Star Wars Hunter is an upcoming free-to-play competitive arena combat game from Neutral Motion and Boss Alien. Hmm. Um, and uh, it is being edited by Zenga. They do sort of like online games. So let me see here. So this... Neutral Motion. I want to see what else he's done. It looks like they've done a lot of mobile games. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't bode well, but again, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it's gonna be bad it just means that uh yeah maybe they're maybe they're newer and then hey, this so, other gotta get your start somewhere you know yeah boss alien let's see here oh, okay so same thing it's like the same thing so they does okay. some online racing games so That's... some rookies we got some we got some rookie <laughs> i'm just kidding who knows i don't know all I don't right know anything about it. well okay well uh but what if it's epic what if it's some what if it's sick you know Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. No, they did do some more. Oh, here we just have to kind of click and go a little bit further here. Okay. Um. So they did yeah, on they the fly did research. Things. Okay, so <laughs> they did the game Backbreaker, which was actually okay. Backbreaker was a really cool um, attempt at making because an EA uh, has had an exclusive right of the NFL franchise since roughly 2005, and so there was this so. Every couple of years, you'll see somebody make like a football game with like generic teams or whatever. And there was this game called Backbreaker. Um, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was just it was a totally different take uh, on 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 football. Like if you pull up like some some gameplay footage, you'll see it's kind of this like the camera was like a lot closer in. It doesn't look like Madden like because it's, it's more kind of focused on like if you're like the running back, right? It's like a really close on camera. To, so yeah, some. Some some cool stuff here. So, yeah. um, Boss Alien is also uh, let's see they've got some people from Black Rock Studio. Okay, so Disney acquired them, so they've actually been a Disney studio for a long time. Um, they did a lot of racing games. Again, they actually did this game called Split Second, which is one of my favorite games of all time. It's super sweet, sort of. It's kind of like 
kart racer. So I don't know, man. It's like all racing games, and yeah. now they're doing this sort of combat game. So I don't know. Okay. Hey, maybe there's gonna be maybe, think, hey, man. maybe there's know. gonna be a Star racing Wars demolition too. Of it. Yeah, Star Wars demolition too. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. So so we'll see. But it's good. I mean, there's other developers out there. Disney should license it out. I mean, you know, why is EA making squad Star Wars Squadrons uh, when you could? get handed over to Bandai Namco who makes the Ace Combat series which is like considered you know the best air combat yeah yeah franchise that exists handed to them they should be the yeah. ones making Star Wars Squadrons they they know what they're doing i mean right right yep yeah that exclusive sort of right situation i like that that's off the that's not you know we're we're bouncing stuff around because we'll get better quality i think we're going to get people competing saying hey i want to do something for Star Wars that people are like oh this is sick and in that way, it, I think it, I don't know, you put, you invest more time, effort, and money into it, something creative. Mm -hmm. And then, cause you want to stand out, you know, and maybe EA has just gotten complacent. I will say this, right? When you're the worst, there's only one place you can go and that's up, baby. <laughs> so maybe EA will turn it around. Who knows? But mm -hmm. uh, now there God. is, there is the Lego, the Lego Star Wars game that we're getting a new one yeah. of those, which is going to be in kind of, it's, it's the original Lego Star Wars one and two, I believe, was also, and it's like the whole saga. And they're kind of redoing it, but I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty similar. I mean, look at, um, have you have you looked at the footage of uh, of being you can play as as Mando as Mando in um, Fortnite? No, huh? That's yeah, because cool. Fortnite's a big thing is that they bring in all these different um, characters. I mean, like Thanos is in there. I mean, it's just tons of like a character. Thanos like is in there. Are you kidding? Me? Yeah, I mean, any and trust me, you can play as like superheroes, the whole deal. But you can yeah. play as as Mando in in Fortnite, and he's got little and Grogu's like walking around with him. He has a little pod, and it's cool. Oh, it's it's cool, you cool. know. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, that's awesome. Cool, good, good. You know, but video game update there. Um, we're excited for all things Star Wars coming up. So if you guys got any more. Thoughts, news, um, conversations, favorite video game, send us that transmission. We'd love to talk about it. All right. Uh, you ready for me to uh, take us into a different uh, different realm here? You ready for this? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> let's let's fire up the uh, let's fire the ship up here and get in and dive and dive into something. So I have been. I always think about this. I'll never forget when I was at Celebration, walking around, and I got a pin that says, "Where is Ezra Bridger?" Okay. Where is he? Where has he been? What's going on? Yes, we've talked about it before. And yes, we're going to talk about it until we figure out what has actually happened and where, you know, he has gone. And I just got to thinking, like, do you think the most appropriate place to put Ezra Bridger in the Mandoverse is Mandalorian Season 3, Book of Boba Fett? Uh, would it be Ahsoka Tano series or would it be Rangers of the New Republic? You know, Let's say you're going to, you're Disney, and you're saying, oh, we're bringing Ezra Bridger back, and we're doing it, and we're doing it in live action. So although maybe there's that idea that Dave Filoni was going to do something animated, you know, post um, Return of the Jedi, and talk about Ezra Bridger and Thrawn and everything, it looks like with the reference to Thrawn in the, by Ahsoka, that that's the default place where, where it would go. I mean, unless it's, you know, I mean, what, 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 are, your, what are your thoughts? I mean, where, where, if you have to bring him back in your Disney which TV series do you bring him into? Or do you reference uh, him in other? T could you reference him in, in, in something else and then yes, it builds, yes. builds hype, right? 
Yes, you could. You know, it's interesting to think about because um, Disney has – Disney created the sort of – the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Um, and I just look at its sort of evolution and I think, okay, you know, you start off with Iron Man and you have – at the very end, you have Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury. Then then you keep going forward and you keep, you're starting to bring people in, bring people in and all this stuff. Then you have all these crossovers. But those are movies – um, remember they had the Agents of Shield TV show, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I don't really it know a lot about it. It wasn't really it. It, it uh, diverted yeah. to. I didn't even know. I think um, uh, Finnick Shand, the actress uh, Ming Na Wen, I think is in it, and I didn't even know it. And, really, really, yeah, yeah. And I was like, why is she showing up at like Marvel stuff? I'm like, oh, okay, well, okay, uh, yeah. because again, nobody watched it, right? Right. <laughs> they had like the Peggy Carter thing. So now it's going to be different now that you have Disney Plus because, I mean, we've obviously seen how successful and utterly amazing WandaVision was. Yeah, um, absolutely. And like yes. that's we're now in sort of a different realm, right, with streaming than essentially than watching these big sort of shows on like network television. Um, The only other thing you can kind of look at is sort of like the Arrowverse. And so it's kind of like, well, which of that was sort of the front runner right Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. it's like you want to bring somebody in and then spin them out um i think ezra i think you have i think you have to bring him into the mandalorian because the mandalorian is the the mandalorian is the is tony stark Uh Uh at the end of the day yes at the end of the day it's all these other characters ahsoka and everything is great but and everybody loves Ahsoka, and Ahsoka has been part of Star Wars, but we are in kind of – we're in a new era, not yeah. only of Star Wars, but the way we consume media. So with that, uh, I think Din Djarin's got to be your guy that ties everything together. Yes, he does. I love that because, you're saying this. <laughs> he is. He's, he, 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 he's the guy who leads the thing. I mean, there's like 25 – Marvel Cinematic Movies. But at the end yes. of the day, mm-hmm. it's Iron Man, man. It's Iron Man. He, yes. he is yes. the guy that right. runs the whole show. Right, right. And you have stronger pillars next to him, right? You've got some real right. strong characters and stronger movies with Captain America and things like that. Uh, and you have the Civil War, the split, which is which is cool. But And I think you'll have that. I think Ahsoka would be like a strong kind of, you know, series that would run parallel, would would you know, we'd get around the galaxy in a different way, and you might come across Din Djarin in one of those episodes, or he's referenced. I mean, we also, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Luke has now uh, the child, has Grogu. So could we see him in, in Ahsoka? But I love that you're saying that because you got to have a good launching pad. You know, like like this is, this is from uh, where we're going to launch. And if it's the biggest, most brandable kind of thing, like you, you and I even talk, I'll just be honest, a little behind the scenes here. When we talk about tagging, titling stuff, we're putting Mandalorian in some <laughs> Why? Because it's the thing. That's what you know. You know the Mandalorian. And it has been sold to us. And it, it I mean, it came through in a way that I, I didn't think it was going to come through. It is, it is the most epic, coolest thing that Star Wars, uh, that Disney has done since they've acquired Star Wars. I mean, Rebels was, was, right. was the thing that I was thinking. Yeah, that's sick. But now, this, now we've got this. And I'm like, wow. You know, it's awesome. And think about it from a writing perspective. There, you're not with Din Djarin, You're not hindered. You know, it, it's 
it's not like like Marvel. You started. You said clean slate. Here we go. None of that other stuff in your new universe existed. Yeah, we knew. Okay, here's some backstory. This is probably going to happen. Like the Hulk movie. Okay, we know he's going to get angry. He's going to turn into yeah. the Hulk and break things. But you know, uh, Spider Man. Okay, we know Uncle Ben's going to die. Okay, like we, sure, we yeah, get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the difference is that. The original movies are like 40 years old. Mm-hmm. The prequels are now like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, yeah, obviously those movies are existent. Those are the pillars of Star Wars. Yes. But yes. it's not like we can go get these actors and have them in here anymore. Like, we can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look at all mm-hmm. the content. You know, everyone's like, oh, does Luke look OK? Are we going to recast him? I don't know. Right. right. So a lot of those characters, I don't think we're going to see really that that much unless we get a you know a young luke casting or something Mm -hmm. um and then even the difference is you have your bigger sort of character in in ahsoka well there's still a lot of people who have no idea who ahsoka is a lot of your mainstream audience like my mom again i I use i I love to use her as an an example because she's she watched all the movies but she never watched the animated series and a lot of people won't simply won't go back and watch the animated series sure. because it's an animated sure. series they just don't right. they they're, right. they view it as like a cartoon right. um and so they just so they they just won't they won't view it um like my Teresa my girlfriend right same thing she watched all the she's seen all the movies watched the mandalorian she tells you know some of her friends they talk about the mandalorian none of them none of them are going to go back and watch the cartoon so again ahsoka to them is like a brand new character mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah. The issue with Ahsoka being your sort of front runner of of the series as opposed to Din Djarin is that with Din Djarin, you the the tr- the training wheels are off and you it's wide open. You mm-hmm. can do whatever you want. If you can change his backstory at any moment and add in an element of something that happened, nobody's going to freak out because it's all new as long as it fits into sort of like the Star Wars timeline, it's basically free reign, right? Yes, yes. Ahsoka, you're somewhat more limited. The only thing we know is that Ahsoka is at some point going to die, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that's really all we know. Again, we don't know whether she's dead or not when she force ghost talks to Rey, sure. as, we, Rey. as you yeah. said. It's not 100% confirmed that she's dead. But either uh, way. Could be in the way. It could be in the way between worlds. Right. We don't know. Right. But so it's harder. And then also... With her, you have to be more you're sort more more sort of confined. Not only because you can't really go back and alter her backstory a lot, um, because it's already kind of set, but also at the same time, in doing so, it you have to be like, hold on, does this like add up? Does this make sense? What do you, you know? It's Dinjarin. You you're free reign. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, and that is the cool. That's the cool thing is that he can now walk into, um, you know, like like a gosh, anywhere, like a bar, a new setting, whatever it is, and he can run across a character who's a part of his past. And all of a sudden, that character now, and we don't have to wonder, like, well, does that fit in with what we know about his, we don't know anything about his backstory. So we're, like, learning all of this stuff, and it's brand new, and then they're fitting it into the galactic timeline, for sure. Like, that's that's going to be pieced in there well. But the cool thing about going with the Mandalorians is there's there's not much. There uh, there's there's You don't have a whole lot of really big events that you have to kind of maneuver around and like you said you can't change the master for ahsoka you can't go back and be like well her master was actually no no her master was anakin okay so like you know like you can't there's only so much you can do with that backstory and and i think that is exactly why ezra bridger would have to show up 
in the Mandalorian, and that's a it's a big opportunity to to launch that character into even if it's to launch them into Ahsoka or into um, his own series or whatever it might be. It would be important to see that kind of come together. Like you said, the Arrowverse does it where you have these episodes where it's like, okay, now season three of the Mandalorian after we've seen Ahsoka do whatever, like the finale then becomes for, for Mando season three, we're still following Din Djarin, but all of a sudden you've got Ahsoka's back. You know what I mean? You've got maybe Ezra, you've got some other people stepping in. And as the seasons go on, you get those crossover things where you just bring the actor on for an episode and bam, and people are like, oh, my God, two hours special. Like, holy smokes. Like, they just went for it. I mean, I think that would be that would be sick. If they're as bold, I'll say this, too. If they are so bold as to bring Luke Skywalker back and do the thing that I did not think they were going to do. And they did. But by, by the way, never forget. Never forget that they did that, that they brought Luke Skywalker back and he has Grogu and he is powerful, powerful in the force. Um, so that's, that's awesome. They're going to do things like when you reference Thrawn, you are saying that the, you're acknowledging Ezra Bridger through Thrawn. Thrawn is still doing something and he is still plotting. He is still scheming. What is that? What is he up to? Who could tell us more about that? Ezra, you know, I mean, that's a guy who is, was with him, who took him out originally and something's going on there. And I'm telling you right now that series and when that character shows up on screen, I will shed tears. I will shed tears because it's so sick. I want to go back to Lothal. I want us, I've been watching Rebels a lot recently, and I'm just like, man, the music in that and just sort of like the feels. And I just I just know it's it's gonna be awesome. I wanted to know where is it where's it gonna start? And eventually you and I will talk about what the arc's gonna look like when he comes back because there is a Jason Sindula who needs trained, who knew who, whose father. Jason Syndulla's father trained Ezra. Your father trained me, he'll say to him. And I'm going to train you. Like, I just got to like, like Orisoka or whatever. But there's so much potential there. And that's why I'm so excited about this Mandoverse. And I just think it's going to be, it's going to be next level. I don't think there's going to be anything. And, and you're right. They're learning from Marvel. You can even look at the competitors and go say, what's the Arrowverse doing well? Because they do some things very well in, in Arrowverse. That and, new Superman and, show looks so. Oh my <laughs> lord, dude! We're gonna talk about that afterwards because I'm wow, it's it's sick. But but those yeah, those big episodes where it's like all of a sudden the Flash is introduced in with Arrow, or Arrow shows up in the Flash, and then Supergirl's there, and right. you're like, wait a second, all of our superheroes, this is crazy. So right, yeah. but do you know do you, the thing about that is, it, and this is what I mean. That's actually I'm gonna. I'm going to tie them all together. And this is why it works. Iron Man works the same way that Batman works, the same way, and actually Luke, I think, works, the same way that Arrow works, to be sort of the leaders and the pushers of their groups, mm -hmm. is because Luke shows up. So Iron, it's 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 the whole deal. I argue about like it's the argument I, I've I've said a lot of times about Batman versus Superman. Not like who would win in a fight, but like mm -hmm. who I prefer as a character. And it's that sort of like human element to yep. them where they're not really gods. They're not whatever, and so they're easier to relate with. And so I think that that's why they work the best in terms of sort of 
like the leaders of the group amongst like gods mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. That like you Luke, oddly enough, um, compared to everybody else we see, you know, what we actually see of Luke in four, five, and six, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like Luke is a Jedi in the first movie. No. No. Yeah. It's at the end he uses the force. At yes. the very end of the movie. He's he's training, he's got his lightsaber, he's training. But he uses the he uses the force in that moment. But it's still him as an X-wing pilot. The second movie, again, it's it's Luke's out there. He's ranging on Hoth, whatever. And then he like when he sees Obi Wan, it's like as loving it. I'm losing it. Yeah, he's you know he sees Obi Wan through the force, and it's like oh, he still feels so much like an apprentice yeah. in that in that second movie. Um, and then, you know, again, he's training with Yoda, whatever. He can't really do it. He figures it out. And then he has a battle with Vader in which he really sort of loses. Yes, he does. Yep. And he still feels way outmatched because he's going up He's going up against, you know, arguably the most powerful Force user ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like Luke doesn't even really feel like the real deal until the third movie. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. when he walks yeah. into Jabba's palace and he's like, don't worry, guys. I got this on the sail barge and everything. And right. then he, Luke, I mean, he stares down Vader and the Emperor. No, that's how powerful he has become. But again, it's like you see that progression over three movies. Same yeah. thing. You, you look at Iron Man, right? Iron Man, it's like, okay, the first time we see him, he's got like the big suit on, right? When he's like in the cave and he's like trying yeah. to escape from yeah. the terrorists or whatever. And then at the, all the way at the end, I mean, we're running across we see him like go toe to toe with Thor at one point in Avengers. We see him with the Hulk, you know, Hulk Buster suit t- taking a halt in the second um, Age of Ultron, whatever. And over time, um, he gets you know bigger and stronger stuff like that. But he's still challenged. I mean, he loses a fight that sort of fight to Captain America um, in 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 Civil War, and so we're always sort of reminded of his limitations. Um, and I it, like Batman, same thing, the arrow as opposed to Flash and Superman. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the best sort of character to lead this whole thing right now is Din Djarin, because yeah. he's not Ahsoka. He's not a Jedi. That's what makes Rebels so great is the main character is Ezra Bridger, mm-hmm. who yeah. oh, is yeah. a kid yes. and is training. And, yes. and through time, we see him sort of progress and stuff like that. And so now... We know who he is. And when he steps back on screen in The Mandalorian oh. or whatever. I mean, that's what made Luke that's what made Luke's thing so freaking epic. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. like he steps on screen and he is a full Jedi master. Yeah. And he levels like twenty dark troopers, which we were all mm-hmm. afraid were about to die. We see our main character Din Djarin go toe to toe with one who we've seen. We've seen him have his epic moments, mm-hmm. right? Where he's yes. He's a boss. Uh, obviously, you know his fight against um, his fight against those droids, right? In the uh, the prison breakout of, of yep. season one. But at the end of the day, we want him to be a little more human because it makes him more vulnerable and it makes him the best character to lead the thing because he's the most relatable. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. And actually, I, I'm kind of in, in the minority where, like, I initially gravitate towards the wizard or the the you know like like even lord of the rings mm-hmm. right i gravitate towards gandalf versus going with frodo or bilbo and i think the wizard's cool i'm actually in the minority i think in that because like most people yeah they love luke for that very reason and he does continue to just elevate you know continue to rise and you, you see him as a farm boy 
from farm boy to Jedi Master. I mean, like, what? You know, it's it's why it's also why Han Solo is one of those favorite characters, right? He doesn't the, the hokey religions, right? Mm-hmm. Hokey religion, nothing like a good blaster at your side. That's that's a guy who's really relatable, and people people like that that character. So you're right, you're one hundred percent right that this is the character to lead us into the Mandoverse, and from there jump off on some of these powerful characters and have them step in at powerful moments. And to watch our character react to that and also have his cool moments as well and learn from it and grow because we're on a journey with him, you know, we're on a journey with him, you know, marching, marching through this uh, galaxy. One thing you said, too, and I said this when season two came out, it, when Boba Fett steps back on the screen, he's got to feel like a Boba Fett who has been around, who's a veteran, like not just like, oh, he's working on his, he's no, 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 no. You have to bring a character in like that and you have to say, He's going to le- he's going to steal the show for a second, and that's that's fine because he has a history. He has all of that kind of stuff. We're what the cool part. You took a really cool element of like you said four, five, and six, which is watching a character grow and progress, right? But even in that, we have cool moments where Obi Wan does something we didn't know you could do. What <laughs> you know, Yoda, you know, lifts the X wing when Luke can't, and then eventually our character will fulfill all of those other things and go beyond what we saw those other characters doing. So you hope for the same thing with Din Djarin as he's you know, talking to Ahsoka and meeting uh, Luke or maybe Ezra Bridger and stuff like that. And I, I hope Thrawn is a looming you know, big, big bad that's out there as well. It's just, it's, it's awesome. The potential here is, is ridiculously endless. There is so much mm-hmm. that they can do. And I, I'm, I'm hoping they really go for it in, in a really strong way. I think they're gonna. I mean, I think, I think, I think they're gonna. I, we, I know we have we have some transmissions and, and other questions to, to to get to here as, but yeah. um, I mean, really quick. So now, I, let's just sort of question here. Um, so now we've seen two seasons of The Mandalorian and one season of WandaVision, and so we have some more Marvel shows coming up. So far, the Disney Plus original content is nothing short of amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is mm-hmm. is nothing short of amazing. So now that we've seen something that's you know it's it's not the Mandalorian, it's another Disney Plus, but similar like type budget and all that stuff. How excited, man, are you for the Ahsoka series and oh. and 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 some of these other Star Wars projects? Because I gotta say, I went into Wandavision, um, who's actually oddly she's actually one of my more favorite characters of the group just because of her ties with x-men i'm a big x-men fan so of like you know like i know less but like the guardians of the galaxy and dr strange all these other people she's actually somebody who i know who i know more about going into um but just seeing the quality on that show i don't think that mandalorian is just lightning in a bottle i i i'm thinking i'm thinking it's this whole thing's gonna be a plus quality yeah for sure i that's that that it's exciting to kind of see Especially as it's dropped week by week and it's not you're not binging through the whole thing because the hype, the theorizing, the speculation, the water cooler talk, all of that matters in, in building this. I mean, why was WandaVision so successful? Because each week we went to some crazy speculation. You know, <laughs> the mailman driving past saying, Don't shoot, don't shoot. I'm just the messenger. He said yeah. it episode after and people were like, What? Who is that guy? <laughs> you know, and like like people were looking for all these different things. Anytime the devil was mentioned, people were wondering Who's that? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, so there's like, a, yeah, there's a big there's a big theory about like, the commercials that we see uh, yeah. and that um, and that they all represent different infinity stones. Wow. 
what you see like, yeah because like, <laughs> they all sick. have like different they all have different colors in them and then oh, like the thing that they're talking about all references like one of the stories behind yeah that's crazy that's that's insane what was the what's the rabbit's name in that there's the the oh the, yeah, 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 yeah oh there's big hey there's big theories speculation on that rabbit so there's a lot being and so yeah whoever so yeah, but did you, you did you finish it's, it's, did you finish it by the way? I did I did finish it actually and uh isn't I have, the ending just uh, Yes. Isn't it just amazing? It almost brought me to tears. I was, little, I, I, was, I was I was I was the tears. I was I was I was welling <laughs> up with tears and I was like this is I can't believe I was I was like this is not happening and I that, see that's the thing you know you, you took us on a, on a on a ride that was just so epic you you it was unique it was original I I have to give this I think it, people were like well what did it really do? Uh, guys uh it was fun it was fun. It was uh, it was it was a pandemic. I mean, just like the Mandalorian, like mm-hmm. we have all this craziness going on, and so it drops. And week by week, we get to talk about it. It keeps us kind of entertained. We're speculating. People were going and diving into old comics. I mean, I learned about a character called the Witness that I never even knew existed. Was this mm-hmm. potential character who is probably looming, witnessing the events, witnessing grief? And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, they're just it's it's cool. Like people want that when you have all that lore. All of that lore that's that's backing these projects, whether it's Star Wars or WandaVision, you know, and Marvel, that people will go want to dig for the the breadcrumbs. They'll follow those, and you can mm-hmm. get like they'll tell people. We'll, you and I will talk after this show about those things, and it's just like that is why Ahsoka and all of these other shows are going. They're going to do that. They're going to do that for people. Mm-hmm. So, and keep in mind, guys. By the way. Uh... Disney, like when Disney signs people to contracts, a lot of these times it's like, I mean, look at how many characters there are in Marvel that are also in Star Wars. I mean, Vision himself, Paul Bettany, man. Hey. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, oh, God, uh, I'm Dryden, on. Dryden, Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Mm-hmm. And yep. is he going to, we could, could we see him do voice work for, uh, he could show up. He could, actually, this will lead us into one of our transmissions. He, could he show up in the Cassian Andor series? Wow. Wow, yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, because we're going back. We're going back to kind of yeah. see, you know, how far back do we go back to the events of Solo and, and, and does Cassian come across Dryden still doing his whole thing with Crimson Dawn? Uh, we right. see the rise right. of, or the, I don't know, that would be. Yeah, because <laughs> I, re- I was looking at some WandaVision um, interviews and stuff like that and Paul, Bet- that is his name, right? Bet- Bettany, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think it? so. I don't know. I think so. I think yeah. so. Um, anyway, he was saying he thought his character Vision was dead. He's like, oh, I thought they killed him off. And then they said, then they came to me and said, hey, we want to do this show. And he's like, okay, like, yeah, sign, sign me up. But yeah, I mean, look at all these characters that are that that go back and forth, and you're always like, oh yeah, he's in Star Wars. I forget that uh, he's in mm-hmm. he's in this. He, I forget I forget about that. Um, and and so could we see him? We, but that yeah, leads us that that would lead us into into a transmission we have here. Yeah, I said let's jump into it because I got a couple more characters who we might actually see in, in that that I think would be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me uh, get this one up here. This is from Jeremy. He says, "Could Maul show up in the Andor series? Maul dies two BBY, and Andor is set five BBY. As far as I know, could that also mean we may see Kira and the Crimson Dawn?" or even the Black Sun Syndicate. If he did happen to make an appearance in the show, I don't think it would be any more than a cameo or maybe him being mentioned in some way. 
thought this would be a fun topic to get your guys' thoughts on as we patiently wait for Andor's release. Keep up the great work, love hyperspace, and all the other pods that you are involved with. Couldn't thank you enough for putting in the time and effort you both do to put out great content. Side note for the Ubisoft game, apparently they have said it will be groundbreaking. Let's keep our fingers crossed. A groundbreaking open-world Star Wars game. What could go wrong? Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers crossed crossed so yes as could we see darth maul um in the andor series and then also you know like lead us into dryden and some of these and some of these other characters um because that is sort of the that is some some storyline topics to, to get to is is maul and this sort of criminal underworld I think we could see them even in the Bad Batch. I think we could see them sort of dealing with this criminal underworld because we really don't know what happens. When he shows up in Rebels, he seems like broken. It's like, what Absolutely. happened? Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole story arc with him from where we see him in a seat of power in Solo being the kind of leader of Crimson Dawn. And then when we see him later, um, he's referenced even by the Inquisitors as being kind of this, I don't know, old, like, washed up, not really a threat. He's a threat, but but he's not one that they're like actively. I don't know. Yeah. So, how did he get to that point? How did he get to the point where he's just searching, trying, he's seeking out Obi Wan Kenobi, or he's he's searching for uh, other knowledge, or you know, how did he lose his seat of power? I think you could see, maybe you do see that, because where else would you answer that at? I mean, in in Andor, um, in in the Kenobi series, there's potential. I'm just looking at timeline. And just mm -hmm. talking about like Rise of Crimson Dawn, Fall of Crimson Dawn, Kira, um, Bad Batch, you're right as well, is a place where you can kind of explore Maul and his story a little bit more. Because we need to see how it was it was created and forged. And we know some of that, just uh, the Falling and him taking out Black Sun and him kind of, you know, getting those other groups to kind of get behind him. I mean, if you can get Death Watch behind you and he can get some of the Mandalorians behind him, he's recruiting and taking over these, these syndicates and... Uh, amassing them all under Crimson Dawn. But we don't really have, you know, we, we almost need more material to understand how significant Crimson Dawn is that it would maybe even get the attention. Does it ever get the attention of Emperor Palpatine? Does Palpatine ever look into it and say, you know what, I've had enough of your guys' gaming? Like, uh, oftentimes in Legends, Palpatine um, with uh, Black Sun would kind of like they were their own chaos that he allowed to exist because he he and he always had an, enough power and influence to move them the direction he wanted but he let the chaos go because it served his purposes so maybe we'll see some of that um right. you know hinted at i don't know but yeah i think it's possible i definitely think it's possible for sure yeah yeah i mean um he, you know i i think it's possible and I, this might be something to a spoiler i think it, kira might take over crimson dawn yeah. And 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 basically kick kick Maul out uh, That'd you be know, huge. somehow somehow with force because we don't know what happens to her. Um, we don't really know what happens to Crimson Dawn uh, after this. Um, you know, there are in Legends. There is a lot more talk about the the sort of criminal underworld. I mean, Shadows of the Empire. The whole deal is about the Black Sun um, and, Prin you know, Prince Prince Sizor. Yeah. Um, so to see to see what happens there. So I do think we will. See, I do think um and or maybe uh, just because it's it's you, you know because it's live action it might be more difficult to do uh, you know because you have to get specific actors in there and things like that. Um, whereas in Bad Batch, you know, you just go get 
you know, your your voice actor for every season of Rebels, Sam Whitworth, to come in and just do some Maul work. Um, so that's easy. So I definitely think we will see Maul in Bad Batch. I definitely definitely do believe we will see we will see him in Bad Batch. I hope we see him in in Andor. But uh, you know, this guy's deal with some some criminal underworlds. We hey, we need we need some weapons to to take on the Empire. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, especially especially Andor, right? I mean, he seems like he's willing to make trades with whatever sides to serve his purpose. That's what right. you need. So, right, yeah. So let me just uh, just uh, if this is okay, I want to do kind of a quick. Anytime these topics come up, I think it's good to go back and do a little dig on on these things. So Maul, and we talk about the Shadow Collective, which is what was known as the Syndicate. It's this criminal alliance, um, and and rival Sith Order founded during the Clone Wars. So this is like. It's founded by Lord Maul, all right? Um, partly founded by by Mother Talzin, too. Mother mm-hmm. Talzin, just uh, coming out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, so it's so that's sort of your, when we reference Shadow Collective, you understand sort of the Clone Wars reference, that, that time period. So in 19 BBY, Crimson Dawn became a member of the Shadow Collective, a vast criminal organization under the control of rogue Sith Lord uh, Maul. At the time of the Siege of Mandalore, Crimson Dawn was led directly by Dryden Voss. Just prior to the reenactment of uh, Order 66, Maul ordered Voss, as well as other leaders in the Shadow Collective, to go into hiding uh, in anticipation for the chaos following the rise of the Empire. Maul uh, eventually took a more direct role in Crimson Dawn's activities, much like his previous role over Mandalore. So really, after kind of remember, he starts off as the director of the Shadow Collective, Crimson Dawn's under that. Dryden's kind of his guy, but they all definitely report to to Maul. So, uh, let's see. Unlike the Shadow Collective, most of the rank and file of the organization did not uh, report to him directly, and and few even knew his identity. Okay, so Maul's very secret to a lot of them. Instead, Maul revealed, um, uh, let's or relied on a figurehead to serve as the person kind of in charge of these different organizations. In ten. BBY, Dryden Voss still served as the public leader of the organization until his death. From there, Kira, Voss's second in command, would take up the position formerly filled by Voss after she was promoted by Maul. So there you go. Just kind of a quick, you know, background here. Now, the legacy on Crimson Dawn um, is is such that even after Maul's death during the mission to Tatooine, um, the mark left by Crimson Dawn on the galaxy could still be felt. And the years following the formation of the Galactic Senate, uh, of the New Republic in 4ABY, criminal organizations that evolved from Crimson Dawn held substantial power. Although the New Republic Senate formed uh, the sector's rangers to combat such criminal groups, it was a mere fraction of the size of the Galactic Empire, uh, under which the Crimson Dawn thrived as one of the deadliest and most powerful syndicates around. So... Yeah, even though it's decades after the fall of the Empire, Crimson Dawn itself no longer held the influence it once did uh, and was view- viewed as a relic of the past. So I was just trying to see if there was anything, you know, in comics or whatever that might be talking about its significance later on. Doesn't say that it completely went away and do- doesn't also say that it couldn't be something that is uh, secretly in the shadows with a director, Kira or whoever, still or even, you know, some of her family, maybe a daughter of her. Who right. knows, right? still could be running all of that. But I think you do got to tell the story about, like, make it matter. You know what I mean? Because they they create John Kasdan in Solo, a Star Wars story, created Crimson Dawn, the idea that it was a hint towards Maul's appearance in that. 
Um, so that's sort of crimson, right, being the, the mm-hmm. reason why, why he chose that. And make it matter. I want to make it matter. So you can do that through Andor. You can do it in Bad Batch. Uh, you could even do it in the Kenobi series just a little bit, maybe, with references, you know. Yeah. And so, like you said, yeah. I mean, Dryden Voss showing up, I mean, would be sick. Darth Maul showing up would be sick. Uh, another character I thought that was interesting who we could use, I don't know if it's just his voice or whatever, but is it Jimmy Smith's uh, played Bail Organa, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, using... He's in Rogue One. Yeah. He's in his 60s. You know, he's in his 60s, but could you have him come in and do something? I think that, I think... I think if he's able to and healthy and he wanted to do it, I think it'd be kind of cool to see him in a, in a hollow, you know, Graham or something talking, right. you know, on the, on the holonet to, to folks would be cool. So yeah, there's a lot of potential still in those. And it's not, it's not something we've been super excited about. Like Andor, we haven't been really excited about that, that series, but still, I mean, if you're going to do stuff like this and you're going to elevate some of these other criminal factions and syndicates and give us more of the story on mall um, or, or others, I'm all in. I'm all. I'm gonna watch it anyways. But I just. Oh you know. yeah, de- yeah, def- yeah, yeah, de- def- definitely gonna watch it. I mean, I love Rogue One. Every time I rewatch it, I'm always like, God, this movie is just so good. I mean, like, yeah. no, <laughs> so I good. I mean, is Rogue One the best? The best movie? The best uh, Disney Star Wars movie? I think Maybe. it is. I think it might be. I think it, it, might, it, it is. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see here. We got we got a few more here. Um, uh, this was from Eric. He says, Hey guys, I've been thinking about different types of force powers used in the movies and books. We know from Palpatine, it is possible for the Sith to gain the power to stop those they love from dying. I would think this means healing them from any physical wounds or diseases they may come across. Firstly, this seems like a power every Jedi would want to pursue. Wouldn't you want to save your fellow Jedi Knights and loved ones? Yet it is not taught. We see some force healing in Grogu. Uh, is this sim- a similar power to the one Palpatine talks about in episode three? Uh, this brings me to another thought. If healing is possible through the force, could a potential Sith Lord use the force to create disease in others uh, to achieve their ends? If so, this would be a very powerful opposition, which I think uh, needs to be countered by the Jedi having the ability to heal. Uh, thanks for all the great conversations. I really appreciate your guys' podcast uh, and the passion you have for the movies and the books. It has opened up to me. It has opened up many new galaxies and adventures of Star Wars I never knew about. Um, yeah, actually, Grogu isn't the only person we see do some force healing. Uh, I remember those were like back to back. It was like within like two weeks because we see Grogu heal Grief Karga, and then we see Ray heal that snake, and then Ray and. Um, Ben Solo uh, heal each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There, uh, you know what's interesting? So there, there was even force healing, and we we know this because it's a character that I use um, in Empire at War all the time. Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Yeah. What's his What's his power? Is that he can he can force heal himself and force protect himself and others around him. So um, you know, it's definitely something that's been used before and. In Legends, if you pull up the Force Healing um, page there as well, you can see that it was actually used a bit more. Uh, it was something that was used a bit more, and it wasn't... I'm glad that it's there now. I'm glad that Grogu and um, Ray. That Rey were able to kind of tap into it and use it because it wasn't overused in Legends, but it was used, and it was used to, to the point where you're like, wait, why don't we see 
more of this. It does, I feel like it does take a lot and it has to be something, it's a technique that has to be mastered and some masters might be stronger in it than others or able to do it. And, and you know what I mean? Like there, there's certain things that um, when you read the books as well, that, that Mace Windu can do that no one else can do because he's studied in that one particular thing. Uh, you have some Jedi who are into what they're doing right now in the High Republic is you have some Jedi who are just who are want to be sort of um, information specialists. They want to be in the archives. They want to work there and, and that's their specialty. Others are lightsaber, you know, uh, practitioners more so and, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, there's more of it in um, in Legends. There is some, as we know, in, in canon uh, right now. But could the Sith? have a power that would be like disease creating um i th why not why not that actually makes a lot of sense that they that they would and it would be kind of the opposite like you know corrupting and and, and stuff and harming uh the body versus just like force lightning and things like that is it to to spread like an illness or whatever if you to walk to to see a sith lord you know walk by and touch someone and their face just go gaunt and like sick and what i mean I think it's possible. That, I think it's possible. That seems like Mother Talzin kind of stuff, sorcery, you know, that they that the Night Sisters did, but still it's all related to the force. It's just where was your focus and what did you practice on? So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean I think I think I think for again, remember the Sith practice the quick and the easy. That's actually one thing Palpatine seems um which is why he I think is so powerful and has the and becomes a true emperor. Uh, is because Palpatine understands the long game, not like a lot of other Sith who are the quick and easy. I mean, you know, like force choking people, right? I mm -hmm. mean, that's mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, could I poison? Could I like force poison this person? Probably. Um, or I could just force snap their neck. Uh, and so, you know, I think I think that's sometimes where it goes. Uh, like Maul does not seem like the kind of person who is a good enough schemer to decide to try and like force poison someone you know what i mean yeah now, dooku dooku does because dooku's astute and um and, and studies and th and thinks about things and there's a lot of manipulation and stuff like that but yeah i definitely think it could be possible to say force poison someone i just don't think we've seen it yet maybe we have maybe you know there's this, in some in legends there is mm -hmm. there is some sure. something that that would that would do that um and then force healing i do think is is possible but i think as you said as it takes a lot out of people and maybe only certain people are able to do it yeah, yeah, and actually, I, I pulled up some stuff here. I think this is in. Am I still in the Legends tab? Yes, I am. So the effects of this. Let's looking just at Clone Wars. Um, there were variations on this on this power of Force healing. You also had something known as Force purification, uh, as well as Force assist, which was a Force technique that enabled the user to heal people other than themselves. So that sort of Force assist is is technically what that was. And then with enough concentration, the user was able to heal others' bodies and minds uh, simultaneously. So like their body and someone else and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Kiati Mundi does use this at some point to heal a broken collarbone after they were ambushed by Jabba the Hutt's minions. So little things like that were kind of thrown in there. Anakin actually does try it, and he failed to use the ability. Uh, Obi-Wan used a basic form of this ability on Luke Skywalker after... Uh, the confrontation with the Tusken Raiders on Tatooine in Zero BBY. Remember that when he walks up mm -hmm. and, and Luke's knocked out and he checks on him? Boom. And right. people said force healing never happened in the original. Right. Well, yeah. well um, 
you know, Grogu does it, but Grogu's so mysterious we don't understand, like, you know, why, right? I mean, he's still, again, born the same year as Anakin. Does that have anything to do with anything? I think so. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> we yeah. don't know yet. Um, now, Ray uses it, and this is where it could get interesting, because Ray uses it on the snake, and does Ray have that ability naturally because she is the granddaughter of Palpatine, who theoretically should know that power, right? Because he says, oh, you can't learn it from a Jedi, but I know how to do it. Just like when Ray uses Force lightning and it kind of shocks her. And it's, and it's while it may not be the best way to tell the story, uh, it is beginning to tell us sure. that she is not, she her, you know, her ancestry might be a little darker than we think. But Palpatine sure. has that theory as, you know, learns it from Plagueis. He, he gets it. And now Ray seems to have it. Now Ray and Ben healing each other could be, a bunch of different things. It could be simply because they are a force dyad and that they yep. have the connection. Maybe Ben can do it because Ray mm -hmm. can do it and they have some sort of connection. Or maybe it's just because they're a force dyad. So maybe Ray doesn't have it be through the Palpatine line, but they right. can he like, and the but then Ray kind of does a basic version on the snake, but then they can do something bigger only because they are a force dyad. You know, yeah. nothing to do with Palpatine. Or maybe yeah. Ben can do it because he's a force dyad with Ray who gets it from Palpatine. You know, maybe, I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly. A lot of options for that. You know, that's that's a really good point. And the force dyad thing, I think, is going to be more explored. Could we see one, you know, dirt? I mean, I, I actually had a thought. I think Grogu and Din are a force dyad. I think they are, possibly. <laughs> I also was thinking, as I was reading The High Republic about force dyads, I was thinking about Elzar Mann and mm. Avar Chris. And I thought, yeah. are they a dyad in the force that maybe we could see? Because there's a romance going. There's something going on there. Um, one more thing. While well, I have this page pulled up here, Leia and Ben might have some have some might have some sort of force connection, connection? and why she yeah. lingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so here's something interesting, and this this goes back to a, a Legends comic, but there's something known as dark transfer, um, and it, it's this it's a related force power associated um, with the descendants of Darth Vader. And it is given to uh, the, the person who uses it is Cade Skywalker um, has this ability to bring others back from the brink of death, healing mortal wounds. Um, his usage coincided with times of intense emotional distress. Uh, Cade believed he had to call upon the dark side, as you were saying, in order to access the talent. Um, and there's some dispute with his other ma with his former master about that. And you could maybe use the light side to accomplish the same feat as well, but it's easier and quicker and you're emotional and you're giving to the dark side. So there's that whole thing. But uh, yeah, the dark, the, the Sith Lord Dark Crate also learned this ability and mastered it after combining knowledge uh, from two other Jedi Masters and Cade Skywalker to the extent that he was able to even heal himself from death. So that's a, that's a series, by the way, after I finished the whole Fate of the Jedi um, uh, book series the next thing that we knew in old legends was luke skywalker was still alive with his son ben solo they had defeated the sith and then 140 years later Cade skywalker steps on the stage with a darth crate who actually was a mysterious figure that had somehow prolonged life that lived outlived skywalker in the shadows so anyway yeah that's a cool dark kind of right. uh, i think it was called yeah dark transfer just an interesting yeah. connection to and that and also the the term force heal too i think is also like so, i mean you got you got to think about it in a ton of different ways right i mean if i if i if my shoulder's out of place 
And now broken collarbone's a little bit different because you're mending things together. But uh, if my shoulder's out of place and you force push it back into place, is that technically a force heal? Right, right, um, right, right. You know, right. if you have a if you have if you have a cut and you're you know you're causing the skin to sort of like sew back together, okay, that might be slightly different. Is it still just sort of force moving things? Right, if you're choking and you force moves, you know, something to clear an airway, is that technically a force heal? Um, so you know, or is it beyond that and sort of like transferring force energy into someone's who's like life energy is depleting? So I think those are, you know, some, some different things to consider in terms of force healing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I've always liked it. Um, it does even lead us into some of the stuff that like happened with, uh, the Mortis gods. Ahsoka was brought back from the dead, right? And that, and that realm, Anakin transfers her essence into your, the, you know, the sister, the daughter. I mean, it's sick. It's cool. Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of which, we do have a, a quick transmission here. Uh, I think this was from a, a YouTube comment saying, um, this is from Returning Shadow, saying, why does everyone keep forgetting that Ahsoka died and was brought back to life uh, via Anakin melding the essence of the sister into Ahsoka? It's talking about the Mortis Gods episode mm-hmm. of Clone Wars. Ahsoka is a very pow- powerful Jedi now, even if she was never officially given the title or even denounces the title, she is nonetheless a powerful Jedi. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you who hasn't forgotten, Ez. Let's go, dude. I we have like that's the thing. We have been talking about it for a long time, and I think, I think Dave Filoni is sitting on something. I don't know when it's going to happen, but something with Ahsoka is going to shed some light on powers and abilities and things that you can do uh, with the light side of the Force and maybe even the dark side of the Force. There's a hint in also the High Republic that you can trap an essence or that you can put you you can. Um, oh gosh, sort of take a stone statue and use, you can take any object and it can, the, you can direct the force into it for protection, for safekeeping as wards and like almost like runes and stuff like that. So there's hints that you can do some stuff there. There's even trapping individuals inside their essence, inside of a holocron or something else. Like they're going to explore all of that in the High Republic. It's been explored in Legends, and they're going to come back to it because it, it it opens up some really interesting doors where you can bring back ancient Sith lords and do interesting things. Where when you're on Yavin and uh, Luke is forging the Jedi Temple, well, he's he's building it over top of another ancient Sith, you know, dwelling because that's where the Virgins and the Force was. And now you have a Dark Lord who's coming out attacking some of the younger Jedi. Uh, Really cool things like that. But Ahsoka is powerful. I think Dave Filoni is going to talk to us at some point about the connection uh, between Morai, right? We were all looking at the little owl that was there as we were looking at, uh, at you know, at, at Ahsoka. Um, there's there's a lot of symbolism around her being co- still connected and that, that whole Mortis arc being significant in some way. And I even take it as far as to connect it to Leia and Ben, who her body did not... Uh, become one with the force until it was time for her to you know till you know ben so yeah. anyways yeah don't worry yeah. we have not we have not forgotten that and i agree that that ahsoka is very powerful very powerful mm-hmm. uh okay uh, a couple more here real quick 
What if Ahsoka meets Luke? This is from um, Liam, by the way, Liam Walton. What if Ahsoka meets Luke and becomes a potential Jedi recruiter for the New Order, bringing Force-sensitive people to him to be trained with the first one being um, the Force-sensitive smuggler Kyle Katarn, Mm -hmm. who she begins training him with the Force while she's searching for Thrawn and Thrawn's assassin Mara Jade, the former assassin of Emperor Palpatine, who uh, who defects to the Jedi after finding out that Luke is the son of Darth Vader and hearing Palpatine's last order to kill Luke, but instead being redeemed by Luke mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I totally think there's there's an opportunity for this and we were thinking about the Ahsoka series like who is the person that she's going to be combating with uh, is there going to be someone you know are you going to jump right into Thrawn and she and Thrawn getting in these like actual hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. battles or are you going to take advantage of her lightsabers and bring in someone like who works for Thrawn and if it is Mara Jade because Mara Jade Marjay did once work for Emperor Palpatine. And so if she went and sought out the next best thing and she went and found like probably the what it would be like the second, you know, in, in command, a grand admiral. The crazy thing is uh, what's really great about Heir to the Empire. And when you read it is that the Empire had been defeated. All the other grand admirals had been defeated or surrendered in some way. But there was one grand admiral that they could not bring down. And a Grand Admiral had the position that, like, they controlled state. There were 14, I believe. Um, and so, like, they have such this this huge responsibility and position in the galaxy that if you were to kind of bring your forces and coalesce behind someone, it would be a Grand Admiral. And so that is Thrawn. The fact that he's there, I really sincerely think that if the other, what's happening in, like, Alphabet Squadron and some of these other books with the Imperial Remnant, and as we saw two different factions, Moff Gideon, you know, doing his thing, his troops look really good, the other ones are super dusty, and they're just shot and killed, right? I mean, still supposed to be working on the same side, but he didn't care, he shot and killed him. I think you're going to get, like, all of those different groups and factions, the splintered groups, coming together. If they heard about a Grand Admiral, they would get behind that person, and that'd be huge. But, uh, if that person also has a Mara Jade, uh, look out, man. I mean, at that point, they're doing some pretty fantastic stuff because and I don't care what people say about you can't make, you know, Mara Jade and Luke Skywalker work. Yes, you, yes, you can. can. Yes, you can. And there are so many ways. And if you if challenge me, I dare you. Uh, there are ways where in which and I'm not a writer, a content creator. I can think of. I could probably think of five different ways that you could do Mara Jade. I could think Jade. of a hundred different ways. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's still doable. They've left time and room for it. Whether you can even do it in such a way that they are actually married or together or have a child together. I, whatever. Or you could mm-hmm. keep her separate. There's a lot of things you can do. Right. But it would be cool to bring yeah. this character back. Yes, yeah, so. 100%. As, and let me tell you, first and foremost, Dave Filoni just brought Luke Skywalker back. Okay. Uh, into the fold and he's the one who it's like that Ahsoka show is like his show is all on the table I'm telling you right now I'm pretty much like in my mind 90% we're going to see Sam Whitworth as Starkiller live action why not again I've said it you have it's the it's it's such it would be such a great fight between the apprentice of Anakin and the apprentice of Vader. It's huge. And they love Sam Whitworth. And you they know, do. it's like he who did anybody think we were gonna get Katie Sackoff live action as Bo Katan? No. No. I don't think we thought that we were gonna see that. No. I thought no. we, we thought we might see we might see Bo Katan, but not as Katie 
is Katie Sackhoff. I mean, that's freaking sweet. So yeah. have Sam Whitworth come in. Now, see, the, the problem, the only thing I have with, with using Sam Whitworth as Maul is live action. It's kind of, I think it's got to be Ray Park, man. They, they, they do that sort of blend. Oh, you know? yes. It's like yes, yeah, Ray yeah. Park is, is Maul. I know that Sam Whitworth does a lot of the voice, but let's not forget no, Ray no. Park is is Maul. I think okay. I think, I think Sam he, would say that. I mean, he. he I think he, he would knows. too, because yeah. Sam's yeah. such a huge, huge fan. Yeah. But Sam Whitworth is Star Killer, so have him come in, have him be Star Killer against Ahsoka. That be like that'd be like such a cool sort of villain. And then hear me out on this. There's a lot of uh, fan concept arts of mm-hmm. not one but two people that are signed by Disney under contract. We can get that crossover going. As who is uh, who's who's the person that everybody thinks should play uh, Luke Skywalker? Oh yeah, Sebastian Stan. Oh yeah, AKA Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. who? Do you know who? Do you know who the who a big front runner has been even from like over a year ago that people think should play Mara Jade? Elizabeth Olsen, aka Wanda herself. Look, type in type in Elizabeth Olsen, Mara Jade, right now, and tell me how, okay. how and okay. tell me like all the all the shots you see, and you're gonna be like, yeah, she would literally yeah. be perfect for yeah. like for this role. Yeah, she would. She she would be. Yeah, that's actually a really good call. <laughs> I mean, like, that, and you have both be... of them. They're both like young. They're both right. already under con. You know, like. There, it's you don't have to go like grab people from you know different you know whatever yeah, you know, you've already got the, people, yeah. You know they know how, you know they know how it works. And just bring yeah. them on over. So I totally do it. It would it would be super awesome. They should do it. I mean, they, it's they should just, they should just do it. It should just it green should, light. Should it right, I know. Right now, like, yeah. yeah, they should ignite the green on that. Here's something I, I really like your idea about Sam Whitworth coming back and and being. You know, like being this this opposite to Ahsoka, you know, because what if during that series you realize you're tracking down Thrawn and we're thinking, okay, Mara Jade's going to be the assassin who's working with Thrawn or it's going to be like the emperor's old hand who who went to Thrawn. But what if Thrawn knew about another secret program, right? Mm -hmm. Starkiller, right? Knew that there was someone who was trained by Vader. Don't they say Starkiller? And don't Do they, they say Starkiller in Rogue One? Isn't that one of the things projects? They say? It might projects have been. might be. It yeah. might be. But the thing is, you could put someone like that. It, you know, Vader could even put him in um, uh, Carbonite. You know what I mean? Right. Could actually have him. You know, like he could come out of of, of hibernation and mm-hmm. literally deal with the sickness. All right, and then and then yeah. just be an absolute badass. I think that would be. Why is that not being greenlit right now? It probably well, is. You, the, it, pro- probably it probably is. is, but again, you remember you can't you can't just like tell everyone that all of these things are happening because you want it to be a surprise. That's why Luke's yeah, yeah. return so yeah. amazing. Keep the but secrets. again, the thing the thing about it is um, you want, and this is why Marvel works is because okay, well they go up against all of their their own sort of villains, and then you think, well, this person is this powerful, right? Like when we see, yeah. Uh, you know, we see Captain America take on Red Skull and, you know, all the, I don't know, all the all the villains from all, all of all of the movies or whatever. Tony Stark takes on Whiplash, right? Mickey Rourke. Right? He's got yeah. like a similar type thing, whatever. And you see them fight these people that all have powers and they all seem pretty powerful. OK, and they're beating up on our villains. So then by the time you get to Thanos or in our situation, Thrawn, mm-hmm. it makes him seem that 
much mm-hmm. more impressive. If it's going to take an Avengers ensemble type ensemble of Star Wars characters to take on somebody who doesn't have force powers, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But is like such a good tactician that it's going to take Mando and Ahsoka and Luke and all these people to take on like a fleet of of, you know, whatever he's decided if it's an army of um, dart troopers and all of this stuff to take on Thrawn, it's going to make Thrawn seem that much more epic. And what better way to treat a character that all Star Wars fans agree upon is like the next big bad and like so beloved to make it seem like you need an Avengers type cast of Star yeah. Wars characters to yeah. take down. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's what Heir to the Empire did so well was to say. It took all of them. I mean, they, they, they were being outmaneuvered. You know, Thrawn knew about things that could sort of like, like force barriers, understood how to combat a Jedi, had a Jedi master, a clone, in his back pocket. You know, I mean, just, just insane stuff. It was, it was, it's wild. And, and knew how to play on people's motivations and things like that. So now you get a team of writers and group of people behind this. Bring Timothy Zahn in there and talk about the origins of, of Thrawn a little bit and, and get some of that you know, the juice is flowing and, and really take us to a big altercation with Thrawn. I'm down. I think that would yeah. be the way to go. Like, it needs yeah. to seem like he's winning. It needs to seem like he's, oh, like, yeah. got us got us on the ropes, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Would be I mean, even, when, even with all the, huge. yeah, even with all the Avengers, it's like, pff, hey, Infinity, you know, Infinity Stones, you're going to need them all. Um, okay, last, uh, last transmission here real quick. Um, this one, uh, I don't know who sent us this, but it says Harris and Dula knows Ahsoka and knows that she has a son powerful in the ways of the forest. Why is she not sending her son to Ahsoka or Luke? Wow. Uh, I think yeah. she will be. <laughs> I think she will be as well. I really do. I think that is going to be a huge part of the Mando verse. It's going to be something that's going to come up. Um, we might get a little bit of her just as we get close to the New Republic and we learn about the Rangers going out to fight some of the crime syndicates, I think her character pops up. We get some live live action there. And, I mean, what if, well, at the time, right now, I think her son is young right now, right? Pretty young. Um, but I think eventually, yes, that's going to be in, in a couple seasons maybe, maybe not right now, but I think we could build to a point where we see him in a, in a cameo or we see him in live action or we hear about him and he's he's a good pilot. He's strong in the ways of the Force. Uh, he has to be. I know that's not actually confirmed where like was well, he forced. Uh, come on now, his his, his father. Is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, what's her name? Bridger, says uh, Kanan. Right. Uh, Harris or um, oh God, Sabine says like you know he's he's an ace pilot, uh, and he's and we all know what his father was like. Yes, exactly. And so so at that point, you have to. I think it'd just be full circle there that he could. That Ezra could take on, you know, or or Ahsoka. Uh, I think you probably have to start with Ahsoka or Luke, or you've got to quickly bring Ezra back in and, and explain what's going on. And he's telling people about Thrawn, uh, and then we get Ezra working with an apprentice. At some point, I want Ezra Bridger to have an apprentice, whether they're truly Jedi. Because remember, he and Kanan never really went through like, I mean, they are Jedi and they are they, they are still practicing the ways of the Order and they're moving on, but the Order has been destroyed, and so. You know, even the ceremony, even the knighting ceremonies are just things that they that Kanan is recalling. He was a Padawan and so on. And um, but yeah, to me, 
So I guess people wonder like, well, what about Luke's Academy? Luke goes this whole time and he's just a Jedi and other Jedi start popping up and coming back onto the stage later on. That doesn't take away from Yoda saying there's only, you know, that when gone am I, the last of the Jedi you will be. It, right. No, for now, for this time, for this time period, there are other, there is a Jedi. There is a Ezra Bridger who is, you know, across the galaxy somewhere, not even maybe in the galaxy right now, um, could, you know, could be on the, on the outer, you know. Way beyond the outer rim, actually. So I just think it's it's a it's a it's a cool idea. I know for a fact that that was something you know Dave Filoni was debating whether or not to actually put that in there, to put that scene in there about uh, Jason Syndulla. And I think the voice actress uh, who plays Harris Syndulla didn't even realize that that was done. And it's so cool. It's so cool to kind of find that out and say, no, there's a point for that. There's a reason in the epilogue that that is there, and it's going to be significant uh, to our to our Mandoverse, so yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. I think I think we will see him, especially given all the news that it seems like Harrison Dula might it might be the show might be the lead or something or a big part of Rangers of the New Republic. Now that seems yeah. like to be what's happening. So, uh, all right, guys. Hey, that is it for us today. Uh, we, we might come back and do some Patreon stuff with that comic. Um, certainly check out more content. There is more content and stuff over there as well. So as always, we want to thank you for hanging out in hyperspace and our next episode, we'll continue to discuss your transmissions. Uh, bad batch is coming up shortly. So, uh, if you want to start sending in theories and, and transmissions on that, we'd be glad to talk them. So otherwise send in your origin story or some of your favorite memories from a galaxy far, far away. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. We will see you next time, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.